In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor. Amen. Good morning, Lake Church. Hallelujah, and welcome to Arise 2021. Amen? Are you excited? Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited about this week, and the Lord just uh, spoke to me as we were worshiping the Lord. It's good to have Pastor T with us. What is he doing in the back here? Wasn't that wonderful? Amen. And to have uh, DJ and Candace Romero with us. Amen. Hallelujah. It's awesome to have uh, members of the family here. Amen. And uh, more to come. We've got a powerful service tonight and every night until Wednesday. And then we've got 10 a.m. on uh, during the day, Monday through Wednesday. So we encourage you to attend all that you can. We believe that this will be a supernatural impartation and preparation for the next season. And we are going into a season of transition and change spiritually and also in our nation. And the Bible has told us very clearly and has already prophesied these things. And we are just simply walking in what God has prepared for his children. And he will protect you, guide you, lead you, and cause you to advance and increase during this time. Amen? And so we're grateful for that. The scripture for this week, and uh, it is basically the unadulterated gospel message. How many appreciate the unadulterated gospel message it's the first gospel message spoken by the apostle paul that we have recorded in scripture and it's out of acts the 13th chapter it's one of my favorite scriptures in the bible because it is basically the genesis of the gospel message Uh, many people have tried to add to and take away but you can't get any more pure than this good to see you craig good to see you amen good to see you praise the lord amen having some people in the house that uh, praise God we've been praying for people uh, that need breakthrough in their health amen Uh, Mimi my mother-in-law she went into the hospital last night with some chest pain so I appreciate your your prayer there had to leave a little uh, get together a little early because of that but uh, the Lord is faithful amen and uh, by the stripes of Jesus she is healed amen but notice what the apostle Paul says It says, let it be known, verse number 38, to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, he's talking about Jesus here, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him, everyone, everybody say everyone, everyone who believes is freed from everything. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I've got to get this ready for our guest speaker, so we need to get a little bit more jazzed about this because did you notice that last verse? Did you notice the last part of that verse? Amen. The law of Moses couldn't do it. Buddha can't do it. Muhammad can't do it. All the New Age gurus can't do it. And the devil can't do it. But guess what? Jesus can. So I'm going to read that again. And I want us to get our expectation high. Because God wants to do some things in our midst. And it's not so much the preparation of the minister. It's the preparation of us to be able to receive. See, you're just as valuable to this 
to this service as the minister is because it's your receptivity that's going to determine the flow, the temper, the tone, and the level of manifestation. Amen? So I'm ready for God to manifest himself in my life today through the spoken word of God. Amen? Through the teaching. So let's, it says, Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. I'm so glad that I'm forgiven. And by him, everyone who believes, who believes in here, everyone who believes is freed from everything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. We're very happy to kick off this service with uh, the Gonzalez family is with us. We're so grateful to have them with us, honored to have them. Uh, we ran across Chad through uh, social media and was incre uh, greatly blessed by his ministry and his books. I've, I've downloaded all his books, but I have a, a confession to make. It was during the 99-cent sale that you put on, uh, on Kindle. Um, but I downloaded all of his books. He's got a wonderful book that we have out in the bookstore. Uh, some of the same things that we have been ministering here. Uh, it's always great to find someone that is speaking that and doing it better than us. Amen? So give a warm welcome to Chad Gonzalez as he comes up to minister the word. Praise the Lord. Did I get it on? Sounds like I did. Yeah. On. All right. Where's my timer? 37 minutes. So I was actually down in uh, Bogota, Colombia, uh, three weeks ago, and you talk about some crazy folks, man. We had some fun, <clears throat> and I'm saying this in regards to what Pastor is saying. You know, as far as your willingness to pull, you talk about some people that pulled. We went four hours, five services, three three and a half to four hours that we were going, it was just constant waves and moves of, of the Spirit, and every times of preaching and prophesying and laying on of hands, and then worship, and then prayer, and then words of knowledge to like 50 people, and then healing, and, and it was so good. I mean, by the time we finished, like, people just stayed, and they just kept worshiping after the music was over for like another 30, 45 minutes. It was awesome, but... Uh, just so honored to be with be with you this morning. It's always an honor to be invited to uh, to be in someone else's church and be in their pulpit, speak to the, their people, and and so I do not take that lightly. Uh, my wife and I we actually pastored for 15 years. Uh, we started two churches, and we just recently uh, handed off our last church, and so we've been traveling full time. Uh, just to put the full focus on the ministry of healing. Uh, you know, I, I know that we all believe in healing, but if we're really honest and we humble ourselves and we're honest and take our head out of the sand and actually look at the situation, we're not doing too well in it. And so, you know, you can do like a lot of people, stick your head in the ground, just act like everything is okay and we've got all our act together and we're just waiting on God to do something extra special. Or we can realize God isn't our problem. And maybe, just maybe, I don't have it all figured out just yet. I mean, who would have thunk it? I might be the problem, you know? And so we just, we just really felt like it was time. And, and the healing piece has always been a, a, a huge 
focus of our ministry over these years anyway, but I knew as it was eventually leading up to this, it was going to be time just to go after this with everything we had and actually get this to look just like Jesus. I mean, exactly like Jesus. Like, because Jesus is the standard. He's the prototype. He showed us what's possible as a man or woman filled and united with God. He is the way. Thank God for all of those who have come before us. Thank God for their examples and the good things that we can learn and the things we can learn from the bad things. But ultimately, no man, no woman who's come before me is my standard but Jesus. And so until we, we meet up to that, we've still got work to do. So that means we have to be hungry and we have to be humble and teachable and realize, hey, until our results look exactly like Jesus every single time and every single place and every single situation, we've got some work to do. And so that's what we're going after. And I'm just being real bold about it and telling people, hey, we may not be there yet, but we're a whole lot further now than what we were a year ago, five years ago. We're seeing way more people healed than not. You know, I mean, here's encouragement to you. When you start getting 51% of the people healed, you know you're heading in the right direction. <laughs> and when you start seeing 70, 75, 80, many times we've seen every single person in the building that had something physical you could see, touch. We've seen it many times. Everybody walked out healed. And that should be normal. Not abnormal. Shouldn't even be a special service. That should just be normal because of who we are, who's on the inside of us. And so that's why, I, I mean, I'm always honored to go to places, but I was really looking forward to being here because uh, Pastor and I, we've gone to lunch before, and I've been kind of following some things he's been talking about. And so I really, really like people who, not saying I got it all together, but I really, really like people who think like me. And we're headed in the same direction. And so we're going to be kind of teachy this morning, and, uh, and then tonight we're going to have some fun. And so anybody that you know is dealing with some issues, you bring them here, we will see results. We will see results. Uh, actually, just last Sunday, we were in Warner, Oklahoma, so it's on the other side, about 45 minutes to the southeast of Oklahoma. And uh, there was a, a woman, I was telling Pastor about this before service, there was a woman who flew from California. Uh, she saw us on, on Sid Roth, and so her, she was seven, right? She was seven years old. Her daughter, she was dealing with uh, an autoimmune disease and chronic pain and all kind of stuff. They had her on some really serious medications. Uh, she told us, this was afterwards, she told us that one of the medications was so strong, so severe, they give it to cancer patients. And so because it was so severe, they had to give her another pill first to coat her stomach just so the second one would eat it away. Seven years old. She couldn't play, she couldn't run, she couldn't jump, she couldn't have fun. Well, that's not cool for a kid. And so uh, they saw us on Sid Roth, and so the mom told her, hey, we're going to fly out to Tulsa, we're going to go to this meeting. And so they came out to the meeting on Sunday night, and long story short, the girl gets healed. And uh, Lacey, my wife, she took her out, and they're in the hallway, and she was running around and bending and doing stuff without pain. And on uh, Monday, the mom's telling us this on Monday night service. She said Monday morning, she woke up, she wanted to go to the swimming pool at the hotel. She starts swimming and having fun and playing all day, no pain. But the cool piece was this, okay? And just talk about the faith of a child and just really making things simple. We've overcomplicated stuff. 
just making really, things really, really simple. The mom tells me this, and I'm still just reeling from it. One of the greatest testimonies I, I've ever heard. She said on Sunday before they left, she was going to give her daughter her meds for the pain and stuff. The seven-year-old daughter looks at mom, sticks her hand in her face, and said, no, seven years old, said, no, I don't want the medication. Jesus is going to heal me tonight. Seven years old. And the mom says, she said, so touch me. She said, and she said this, she said, because I want to feel it. I want to know that it's real. Seven. Seven years old. Seven years old. No, mom, I don't want it. I want to be able to feel it. Jesus is going to heal me tonight. And the mom said, oh, okay, okay, you know. And the mom said, typically, if she doesn't have the meds within, you know, a couple of hours, she's in extreme pain. And uh, it was so great just to see her, her cute little face Monday night, just smiling. And she went to children's church that night, and she'd been playing all day and no medication and no hurt, no pain. That's the way it's supposed to be. Praise the Lord. Look, I'll just quickly mention this. We've got several of these. I'm not sure which one y'all have got out there, but we've got a couple of books. Uh, this one's called Possessors of Life. We'll probably talk about some of this tonight. Uh, just about the medicine of heaven that's on the inside of us and why healing should be normal and just natural as breathing. Uh, so we've got that. This is devotional. It's called Think Like Jesus. Uh, we went through the book of John and took 40 statements Jesus made about himself that we should be making about himself, ourselves, because we're one with him. Uh, this is called Naturally Supernatural. It's basically about doing the works of Jesus and how it should be normal. Uh, these three are part of our healing academy. It's a part of the curriculum. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can go to the website and check it out. And then this is our, our latest one. It's called An Alternate Reality. If any of you ever liked the Matrix movies, um, you'll like this. I'll just leave it there. So That we should be living from somewhere else is the, is the point. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bible, anybody have your Bible this morning? Uh, paperback, digital, phone, iPad, however you got it. If you would go ahead and turn over to Luke chapter 5. Do you mind if I walk, that, walk around a little bit? I feel confined. All right. I'm going to come today. Luke chapter 5. So, in verse 17, we find the story of Jesus and, and the paralyzed man. Okay, we got this paralyzed man, and uh, he's got these four crazy friends, and they bring him to Jesus so he can get healed. And in Luke chapter 5, verse 17, it says, It happened on a certain day as Jesus was teaching. There were Pharisees and teachers of the law that were sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power was there to heal anybody and everybody. It wasn't because there was something special going on that day. It's because Jesus was there. Jesus was a carrier. We'll find out tonight. Jesus was a carrier and a possessor of this life. Wherever he went... The power was there. The power was there to heal everybody. And so we're kind of getting a clue here. Maybe this is going to be a healing meeting. I don't know. And it says, Behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they sought to bring in and lay before him. When they could not find out how they would bring him in, because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Now that sounds a little weird, to talk about at a healing meeting. 
And I don't know about you, but if I'm paralyzed and I'm going to a service to get healed, I really don't care about someone telling me you're forgiven. Well, wait a minute. I mean, I know I've made some mistakes and screwed up a time or two, but the sin thing isn't an issue. I'm paralyzed. I need healing. But Jesus looks at, and Jesus isn't stupid. Jesus looks at the guy that's paralyzed, obviously can't move. Jesus said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And, and nothing really happens. You see the Pharisees, they get all mad and say, you know, who do you think you are? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus perceived their thoughts and answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, man, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? Now, we have to understand that, you know, in the Jewish culture, they believed if someone was sick, blind, lame, maimed, whatever, it was because somebody sinned. Somebody did something. Remember about the man born blind and when the disciples saw him? The first question they asked Jesus was, who sinned? Jesus, somebody screwed up here, either him or his mom and daddy. Somebody had to do something for him to be in this situation. Why? Because the Jewish people understood they had a covenant with God. And under that covenant, as long as they did what they were supposed to, okay, it was based on their works, but as long as they did what they were supposed to, they would remain in health. They would remain in health. Under the old covenant, remember Psalm 91? He whoever abides under the shelter of the Most High, thousand may fall at one side, ten thousand another, it will not come near you. No evil, no plague shall come near this come near this tent, come near this body, right? In Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, God tells the Israelites, hey, as long as you do those things that are pleasing unto me, in other words, if long if, as long as you do what's right, none of these sicknesses that came upon the Egyptians will come upon you. So even under the old covenant, the Jewish people understood healing was theirs to lose. Let me say that again. Even under the old covenant, the Jewish people understood healing was already theirs. It was theirs to lose. It was theirs to lose. Now remember that. Don't forget about that. It was theirs to lose. They already had it. It was theirs to lose under the old covenant. Well, so here you have this paralyzed man, okay? And Jesus said, which one's easier to say, your sins are forgiven, you arise up, take up your mat and walk. Jesus told the guy in the very beginning, you're forgiven. Essentially what Jesus was saying was, hey buddy, you're healed. Why? Because they understood, hey, once the sin problem is taken care of, healing is a done deal. Once you take care of the source, because sickness was just the byproduct of sin. So once you take care of the source, you automatically take care of all of the byproducts that came with the source. See, they were coming to deal with an issue. Jesus was dealing with the source. Now, it wasn't that every single time something was going on because somebody sinned. Because the man that was born blind, what did Jesus say? Hey, nobody sinned in this situation. Because, hey, it's not because somebody sinned every time. We do live in a cursed world. And so because of that, there's some bad things that do happen to good people. And a lot of it's just out of ignorance. They just don't know. We just don't know. We, we see situations where children are born with certain issues. It's not because the kid did anything. Not necessarily because the mom and dad did anything. It's just because 
We live in this jacked up world. So Jesus corrected the disciples, said, hey, nobody did anything in this situation. And here in this situation, I mean, we don't necessarily know if the paralyzed man was paralyzed because of it was a sin issue or not. But according to Jewish understanding, Jesus, when Jesus said that, there's a reason. He was letting them know, hey, the sin problem is taken care of, so you're automatically healed. But the guy didn't get it. And so then Jesus breaks it down and says, which one is easier, forgiveness or healing? Which one's easier? And the same question is very relevant for today's church. Which one is easier, forgiveness or healing? Now, if we're really, really honest with ourselves, and nobody in this building, but in other places, if you were to ask that question, well, then they would pretty much all say, well, forgiveness is easier. Forgiveness is easier. And, and we know this to be true, and I can prove it. When's the last time you got on Facebook and saw someone start a prayer chain for forgiveness? Hey, everybody, I need everybody to be praying because Aunt Susie, she sinned really bad. And we need everybody to be praying. We need to bombard the gates of heaven. We need to pray. I need everybody praying that God would forgive Aunt Susie. When's the last time you saw a prayer chain for forgiveness? Well, when's the last time? Probably five minutes ago, you saw a prayer chain for healing. We need everybody to be praying for Aunt Susie. She's a Christian. She's a believer. She's gone to church her whole life. She's a good person. But we need everybody to be praying. I mean, she's got faith. I've got faith. We need everybody to be praying for God to heal Aunt Susie. Why do we do that? Because we view forgiveness as very, very small. And we view forgiveness or healing as very, very big. Why? Because we're so focused on this body. This is more real to me than my spirit. And yet what's interesting is, is that the thing that actually is the most serious, me as a spirit being in my, my eternity, we don't view that as big. We view it as a small deal, but this body is a big, big, big deal because I'm afraid of death. And we've made death to be a big deal and it's not a big deal. Show me one time when someone died and Jesus went to raise them up and he called for a prayer meeting. He had everybody start fasting and praying. Jesus didn't view it as a big deal. When Jairus' daughter died, when they found out about it, Jesus is the one who turned to Jairus and said, hey, don't be afraid, only believe. Let's go win this sucker. I mean, you don't see everybody running in a panic. No, Jesus had a hold on the situation. But that's something totally different. But... Jesus understood, hey, if the sin problem is taken care of, the healing problem is taken care of. And he's trying to relay this to us. But the church today, we still think like sinners. We're saved in our spirit, but we still have the mindset of a sinner because that's the way that we've grown up. And so we view healing as a really, really big deal, a hard problem because we're so aware of this body. And yet Jesus was letting him know they're the same. If you were to put healing and forgiveness on one of those old-timey weighted scales, they would weigh out and be equal. But according to our mind, forgiveness would be here and healing would be down here because this one's heavier, this one's weightier, this one's harder. But Jesus said they're the same. Essentially, Jesus said, once you get forgiven, you're automatically healed. 
healing is already yours once you get forgiven. So that would tell me, hey, once, once the forgiveness piece is done, the healing piece is a done deal. So maybe we've been focused on the byproduct instead of being focused on the source. And maybe that's why even in our faith circles, we're the dog chasing its tail and not getting anywhere. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. These are all scriptures that we all know. But just want to help you maybe see it from a, a different standpoint this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, Jesus, who knew no sin, he became what? Sin. He became sin. So you and I would become what? Righteous. So we become the righteousness of God where? In Christ, through union with Christ, Jesus became sin. He didn't just take my sin. You know, what you take, you can give it back. He became it. That's why the Bible tells us he became the curse. On that cross was sin, the curse, sickness. That's why the Bible says that Jesus' body was so marred he didn't even look like a human anymore. Sin had taken its toll. Disease had taken its toll. Jesus became sin. And in the very same way that Jesus became sin, it became a part of him, you and I became righteous. So righteousness is very much a gift. It's something I'm given, but it's not just something I hold. It's something I become. It becomes a part of my identity. And it's something I can't change about myself because it's not based on me. It's based on him. And the same way he became sin, the very same way I became righteous, or you could say I became right. Everything about me became right. Paul tells us in Hebrews, he said that we became just. God made us just in him, that we're perfect. We're complete. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says, Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And if we stopped right there, we say, thank God, praise Jesus. But then he concluded us in there. He went on to say, and you are complete in him. So, we became righteous, but it's not, it's not based on this thing that we, we see out here. You've got to look at it from this standpoint. And the very way God is right, so are you. And that's one of those things in your brain that kind of goes tilt, but it's the truth. The righteousness of who? Of God. And the very way God is righteous, I became righteous. Not because of me, but because of Jesus. And when I got in Jesus, I became all that he is in the Father. I'm right just like the Father. I'm right just like God. God is holy. He's perfect. He's complete. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. He's pure. And yet in the very way he is, I am too. Yeah, but we have a problem with that because we look at this and we look in the mirror and we look at our past, but it's not based on this. It's based on who you are as a spirit being. God's the one who said, let's make man in our image and let's make man in our likeness. Let's make them to be like us. Adam screwed it up, but the second Adam, the last Adam, he came and restored us back to that place, but he did it even better. He did it even better. Because you have to understand this. Under the old covenant, remember, under the old covenant, they had healing to lose. Well, the Bible tells us in Hebrews that we have a better covenant established upon better promises. So to have a better covenant means I have to have the very least of what was the best in the old. 
So under the old covenant, they knew it's mine to lose. But it was very easy to lose because if I sin, if I mess up, you know, I'm walking like this all the time. But under the new covenant, you became righteous. You didn't have righteousness on credit. It wasn't about a sacrifice you gave every year. It wasn't a sacrifice you gave every month. It was about one sacrifice that was given once and for all. It was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that sacrifice, that payment, made you righteous forever so that it wasn't based on what happened here. It's based on what happened here. And what happened in here can never change. And so that's why we have this wonderful, wonderful passage of Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Now, if we were to ask you, what's 1 Peter 2, 24 say? Almost every single person in here would say, by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. But you realize there's more to the Scripture than that. There's more to the statement than that. 1 Peter 2, 24, look at it. <clears throat> First Peter 2, 24 says, who himself, Jesus, bore our sins. Remember, Jesus said, if you take care of the sin problem, the sickness problem is already taken care of. It's already a done deal. He says, he who bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having done what? We died to sin. Remember 2 Corinthians 5, 21. We died to sin. We became righteous. We became right. We having died to sin would live for what? righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So in reality, the focus of the scripture is not healing. The focus of the scripture is what? Righteousness. Why? Righteousness is the source. Healing is the byproduct. And for so long, for decades now, us faith people, we focused on by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. But then we're focused on this. And we're sitting here and wondering when we're focusing on what's the deal. I mean, I know Jesus already paid the price for it. I know it's mine, but now I'm trying to get it. And obviously I don't have it. Yeah, but we've been focused on the byproduct. And you know what? Satan does not have a problem with you focusing on the byproduct because without the source, you can't have the byproduct. And as long as you're focused on the byproduct, you'll never get it. As long as you're focused on the byproduct, you'll never receive it. It's just like having a lamp or an electric device. And you want that thing to work. But if it's not plugged into the source, you can sit there and confess all you want. You can work all you want. You can give all you want. You can serve all you want. You can do all the, these wonderful spiritual principles. But if it's not plugged into the source, then you're going to be working your butt off and never get a faith payment. You're never going to get paid. You're going to work for Faith Incorporated and never get a paycheck. Why? Because the source is grace. Grace puts you in the position of righteousness. And righteousness is what's the position of which the life of God and the healing power flows out of your spirit and into your body. But we've been focused on the body instead of being focused on the spirit. You must understand that healing, it is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. And I know that it's kind of hard to comprehend. It took me a, a while meditating on that. Healing's a spiritual thing. But how can it be a spiritual thing? Because I need it here. But healing is a spiritual thing that affects your natural body. And this is what he's telling you right here. 
we became right so we could live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now, we have quoted this and stated this for a long, long time. And yet we, we really haven't seen results like we know that we should. Because how many of you know, and it's not, not any of us in here, but how many people that you know they're still working out their salvation. How many people you know that will sit there and say, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I know it's mine. I do, I'm just trying to get it. I'm just trying to receive it. I'm just trying to get it to show up. I know it's mine. I know it's mine. Well, I mean, even my 13-year-old, we were having this conversation yesterday. And this has been a, a, a topic of conversation we've been having in, in our house for, for a while now. How can it be that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed, but now I'm over here trying to get it? I mean, you could take this and put it off to the side. Just common sense. Either you have it or you don't. If you're telling me that I have it, then why 45 minutes later you're telling me to come up here and get it? I mean, we have healing services and we tell you, healing's yours. It's paid for by the blood of Jesus. It's already yours. It's already been paid for. Now, everybody come up here. I'm going to lay hands on you and so you can receive it. Well, which one is it? Do I need to get it or do I have it? Now, I'll preface it by saying this. There are multiple ways to receive healing. Thank God for His grace and His mercy. You can see it through prayer clause. You see that Mark 5, Acts 19, Luke 6. Prayer clause, imparting the anointing, putting that life in a cloth. Through the laying on of hands, you see it in the Great Commission. Actually, the laying on of hands is really more for the sinner, not really the saint. But thank God for His grace and mercy. We can lay hands when people are kind of struggling in their faith and understanding, we can do it that way. But friends, there is a higher way. And it's a way that we must get to. But it's also been interesting to me too that, that many Christians that are struggling for it for themselves are very confident they can give it away. Oh, you're sick? Well, let me, let me lay hands on you. Well, but if it's in you for somebody else, then... I mean, it must be there for me. Anybody ever used a water hose or a garden hose, you know, to wash your car or to water the flowers? Isn't it interesting is that hose, it's good for nothing if long, until it's hooked up to the water spigot, right? And you can throw it out there and it doesn't do anything. Its purpose is to be a releaser. Well, as soon as it's hooked up to the spigot, then it can do what it was designed to do is release water, release life, out, you know, out there. But isn't it interesting that while it's getting other things wet, it's getting wet too. What's flowing out of it is actually flowing in it first. And that's kind of boggled my mind too, that we're so confident to go pray for somebody and lay hands on them and expect them to get healed. But then we struggle and think, well, I've got to get it. It's like God moved on the inside of me and I know he's here. I don't know of any, any denomination that doesn't believe that I'm a temple of God, temple of the Holy Ghost, that God lives on the inside of me. Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Assembly of God. I mean, everybody believes God lives on the inside of me. But how is it that God lives here, but then I've got to get him to release the healing from heaven? Like, he moved into me, but he left all of his stuff. But friends, you got to understand that when you got in Christ, he got in you, and he backed up the whole U-Haul. Beep, 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 beep. 
and he dumped the entire contents of him into you. This is why Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Everything heaven has to offer, he dumped it on the inside of your spirit because of your union with Christ. And yet we as Christians, us faith people, we're going around and, and saying, that healing's already mine, now I just got to get it. But, but that doesn't make any sense. And if you think about it, and I try to keep things real simple, but if you think about it from an outsider who hasn't heard the lingo and stuff, that might be kind of confusing. You're telling me it's already mine, but then you're telling me I got to do these things to get it. Which one is it? I got all these steps, these one, two, threes, these ABCs, all these principles, all these things I need to do in order to receive my healing. But do you really need to receive something he's telling you you already have? So which one is it? Do I have it or do I need to receive it? But remember, under the old covenant, they believed, they understood that healing's mine to lose. We've got a better covenant established upon better promises. You're telling me under this better covenant, it's paid for, but I got to go get it? But under a lesser covenant, they already had it? But he's telling us, because of what Jesus did, he became sin so we could live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Well, if I were, were healed, was healed, then I am healed. And see, we have said that for years, but we don't believe it. We don't believe it. But again, it's because we focused on the byproduct. We've been looking at this. We've got to, we've got to get our eyes back on, this, on the fact I am a spirit. And this, this body is just a container it's just a tool for me to use. I'm a spirit being, and I have been made right. I've been made righteous. I've been made right. Because see, the problem is we got saved, but we're still thinking like the sinner that we were born into this world as. And you can be saved in your spirit, but if you still think like a sinner, you're gonna get results like a sinner even though you've been saved from it. You can be, you can be saved, you can be dead to sin, dead to sickness. But if you don't realize it here, you're still going to be very much alive to it because we're still thinking like a sinner. You've got to understand that, that things are far different for the sinner than they are for the saint when it comes to healing. We'll, we'll get into this a little bit tonight too, but think about the woman with the issue of blood. All of these people who came to Jesus for healing, those 19 individual cases that we read about, every single one of them were sinners. And they all had to get to Jesus because Jesus was the source of life. They all had to get to Jesus for healing. And isn't it interesting that when we teach healing, when most people teach healing, we look at those, those situations, we look at those stories, and we look at the great principles of faith that are there, but then we identify as the sinner going to Jesus. But you have to understand under the new covenant, you're no longer the sinner trying to get to Jesus. You got in him and the healer got in you. I'm no longer trying to get to Jesus to touch the hem of his garment. I've got a garment of my own. I've got a garment of salvation and a robe of righteousness. I'm not trying to touch his robe to get healing power. He put that same robe on me. And what's flowing in him is flowing on the inside of me right now. Guys, and it's scriptural. Real quick, Romans chapter 8. Real, real quick. I got three minutes and 30 seconds. 
Romans Roma 6, Romans 6, chapter 4, says, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism and the death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in a new type of life. What type of life am I to be walking in? The same type of life Jesus is walking in right now. The only difference between you and Jesus right now is he has his immortal body, you have your natural body, but that's it. The only thing that's going to change about you when you show up in heaven is you get your new body, but that's it. Because you as a spirit man, as a spirit woman, as a spirit being, you are righteous, you're holy, you're complete, you're not missing anything, you're already the healed of the Lord. But we've got to understand that. And then he goes on here in Romans chapter 6 and verse 7, he said, For he who has died has been freed from sin. Well, when we died, we were buried with Christ. We were raised up with him. He says, Now if we died with Christ, we also believe we all also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, you also... In other words, Jesus did likewise, right? Likewise, you also reckon or consider yourself to be dead to sin. So even Jesus, walking and living as a man anointed by God on the earth, he had to consider himself to be dead to sin. Jesus was renewing his mind just like you and I are renewing our mind. He had a brain like us. Everything out here was telling him, you're not a spirit, you're a body. Everything out here was telling him, you're not the son of God, you're just some dude from Nazareth. Everybody out here, including his family, was telling him, you're not from heaven, you've lost your mind. You're from here, you're just like us. But guys, when we got born again, we are no longer just human. When we got born again, we got a little bit of deity put on the inside of us. We were birthed out of heaven, born out of heaven, born of God, little children. And greater is he who's in you than he who's in the We were sent from heaven into this earth. We are the aliens on this planet. And the very same way the Father sent Jesus, Jesus sent us. Well, you can't be sent into a place if you're already there. So this is why we may be in this world, but we're not of it but you have to understand again Jesus said if the sin problem is taken care of the sickness problem is taken care of they're the same thing well you could very much read Romans 6 like this verse 7 for he who has died has been freed from sickness why because when you take away the source you take away the byproduct for the death that he died he died to sickness once and for all the life that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, you also consider yourself to be dead to sickness, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you got to do some considering. If you read Romans 6, verses 1 through uh, 7, he's given you a kind of a legal side of redemption here, a wonderful, wonderful, concise, summarized version. But then he goes on to tell you, hey, but if you want to experience it, you got to stop thinking like a sinner. You got to change the way that you think so that what's inside of your spirit can start flowing into your body. And he goes on and on, tells you, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead to these things. See, this is where it gets better for us. Under the old covenant, they were still very much alive unto sickness. Healing was there to lose, but they were alive unto it. Under the new covenant, healing is still ours already, 
but we're also dead to the thing that's trying to touch us. In other words, the only way, and, and don't get offended, but the only way that this could happen is if I consider myself still alive to it. In other words, I make myself alive to what's out here. In other words, you could put it like this. And again, don't get offended. Just think, just think, just think. If I can choose to sin, In other words, if the temptation comes my way to sin and I say, okay, I'll do that. Then if the temptation to get sick comes, remember healing is mine already. I'm not trying to get it. It's already mine and I'm dead to these things. I'm like a dead man walking out here according to sickness and disease. And you'll never find a dead person in a cemetery that's dealing with sickness, dealing with disease. Why? Because there's nothing there to attach. There's no life there to attach to this world. Well, you and I, we're dead to these things. We're dead to sin. If we're dead to the source, we're dead to all of the byproducts of the source. Therefore, I've got a choice. And this is what Paul, don't get mad at me because Paul says it. You get mad at Paul, go talk to Paul. Because Paul goes on and says, do not let sin have dominion over you anymore. In other words, he said, you've got a choice. You've got to choose. Sin isn't telling me what to do anymore. Well, if sin and sickness are the same and sin is the, the source of sickness, then I can say this right here. I've got a choice when it comes to sickness and disease. And I refuse to let it reign in my body anymore because it can't reign in my spirit. I'll give you this one last, last one to chew on and, and we got to stop. Romans chapter 8. I know you all know Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. Remember, same spirit raised Jesus from the dead, same spirit giving life to your mortal body. But have you ever read it in relation in context to verse 10? He said, and if Christ is in you, Romans 8, 10, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life, your spirit. We're not talking about the Holy Spirit. Your born again, recreated spirit is life because of Righteousness, because of union, because of position, because of holiness, rightness, purity. Your spirit's life. And the byproduct is that what's on the inside of your spirit would produce and be made manifest in your body. That even though there may be things, and we're not denying that there aren't sicknesses and diseases out there. We're not those people who, who we're accused of being, or we're just denying reality. We're not denying the stuff that's out there, but what we're understanding is, is that what's on the, and we know this here, what's on the inside of me is far greater than what's on the outside of me. And the medicine that I've been seeking after, the medicine that all the doctors and all the healthcare and trillions upon trillions of dollars are spent trying to find a cure, and everybody's racing for a cure. Friends, I'm telling you, you don't need to run anymore. You don't need to work anymore. The cure is on the inside of you. That cure is found in the position of righteousness. And in that position of righteousness, that's where grace of God is allowed to reign and it produces eternal life in your body. Do we have to die one day? Yes. But does that mean I have to die because I was sick or diseased? No, if Moses as a sinner at 120 years old could have his eyes still strong and his strength still strong and he was a sinner, what is available for the Christian, the believer, the child of God, the one who is right just like God? All those guys were sinners and they're far outdoing what the modern church is doing today. And we ought to be ashamed of ourselves.
Sometimes I read the Old Testament just to get mad. Because I see these guys, they're doing way better than the church today. And that ought to be a slap in our face, but it should motivate ourselves to see what's possible and then go past that. Because we are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are Christ. You are Christ on this earth. You need to see yourself just like Jesus. You're not Jesus, but you are, the, you are the branch hooked up to the vine and you are his representative on this earth to do life just like him, to smell like him, talk like him, think like him, act like him, to heal like him, raise the dead like him, cleanse the lepers like him, cure COVID like him. He made you so perfect to be just like him that you could look before a disease and say, if you've seen me, you just saw him. Praise the Lord. We're, we're a little bit over there, but say this with me. The Lord is good, and His mercies endure forever. The Lord, He's good. His mercies endure forever. The Lord, He's good to me. His mercies endure toward me forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hey, we'll see you at 7 o'clock. Turn it over to Pastor. But, okay, come tonight. Bring some people. Right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Looking forward to tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's fill this place up with needy people that uh, need a touch from the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> the word of the Lord will set you free. Amen. Speak the word only. And I know that my servant shall be healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we want to give you an opportunity to give to our guests this morning. If you're here and you just want to bless uh, Chad and, and his family and the wonderful ministry that they bring to, uh, you know, our world, you can do that. And uh, we want to give you an opportunity. So we're going to, you can give, text to give. You can use the envelopes. You can use all the ways. If you're watching online, you can give online as well. We'll make sure that 100% of uh, what comes in goes to this wonderful ministry. Amen. So I just want to encourage you. I'm going to pray over our offering. Now, if you have a need, we have ministers that will be up here that will pray if you need to be born again, if you need to rededicate your life in some way, or you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're here to minister to you as well. If you need deliverance, they're here to assist and to help you and to pray over any matter that is concerning you at this time. Now, you've just gotten a crash course on your position in Christ, and therefore you can stand, hallelujah, on the rock of Jesus Christ on your own. Amen? But the Bible does talk about the prayer of agreement. The Bible does talk about, you know, coming together in prayer, and if that's what you so need, we want to be available to you. Amen? We don't want you walking out the same way you came in. Amen? So they're going to be up after I close the service here, and, uh, and then uh, they'll be ready to assist you in any way that you would have need of. Amen? So I'm going to pray over our offering, and uh, then we're going to take up our offering, and then I'm going to close us out. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you so much for the rich word that was brought forth today. Let us stand in these truths, knowing that Jesus has fortified us and has positioned us to be able to reign from the presence of God and not be dictated to by the circumstances and the environment of this world. We thank you that when we see the storm, greater is he that's in us, 
Greater is he that's in us than the storm that is without us. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you desire and need help and assistance with anything, they'll be up here. We want to encourage you come 7 o'clock. We're going to have a powerful time in the Lord. Amen. And God is going to move supernaturally in your life. If you'll take these truths and begin to meditate, those of you that are suffering pain, affliction in your body, if you'll begin to meditate upon these things and begin to take um, you know, account of these things and not just put it on the shelf and, and not think about it anymore, get over you know, getting your feeding trough and forget everything, if you'll continue to meditate on these things, I guarantee you the truths of these words will be amplified tonight and the energizing of the greater one on the inside of you will just drive that sickness right out of your body. Amen? Amen? If you just got today, hello, you can walk out of here totally restored and healed. Amen? Hallelujah. By recognizing the power that's already within you. Amen? Hallelujah. And so just recognize and release, recognize and release the power that's on the inside of you. You know, I speak to my body every morning and I say, praise God, the, the same spirit that reanimated Christ's broken body from the dead and caused him, as we sang, to breathe, amen, is alive in me. So I release, see, you got to recognize and release, release, I release that life into my heart, into my lungs, into my kidneys. I release that life. John G. Lake said this. He said, if your part of your body is infirmed, it means that it has, it has been disconnected from the life of God. You have to reconnect it. Amen? The devil is trying to convince you that the life of God won't go to your kidney. But guess what? He can't stop. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you, this guy gets me stirred up. Amen? I could go another hour. Amen? Hallelujah. So we've got some good Brent Thurber tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's going to be wonderful. And then, you know, I'm going to be ministering uh, Monday night, and we're just going to keep on going and going and going. And I guarantee you, if you came for something, you're going to walk out with it. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.